home is not necessarily where you are. Um, it's more like if you can like build up enough within yourself and within your network to be like, yeah, I could like, I can navigate this. Um, so I think, yeah, that definitely changed like my idea of where I want to live. And it made me really critical of the U S as well, because I couldn't find the same community there. And that's weird. Cause that's where I'm from. So I think for me, it's more about finding open-minded people who like really do not care what you look like, where you're from. Hi everyone, this is Gab. And this is Leigh, and welcome to another episode of Where to Go Next. Today, I'm so excited to be talking to my friend Hannah, who's over in Budapest. Um, and we're all quarantining in different continents, different cities right now, which is exciting. Um, and I think to get started, Hannah, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself really briefly, um, and then we'll get launched into some of the other questions that we have ready for you. Uh, sure. Um, so I'm, I'm Hannah, as Leilani said. I'm 23. I'm not exactly sure what information goes into an introduction. But um, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm living in Budapest. I'm doing a master's of public policy. And it's um, a two-year master's, one year here in Hungary, and the second year in Barcelona, Spain, which I'm really, really excited about as well. And um, I'm into drug policy and criminal justice and um, in general, just like social justice and uplifting marginalized communities. So that's kind of what I'm interested in. I also like dancing and eating and walking. And I'm happy to be on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited to have you. I guess another information is how do you guys meet? Maybe that's some background information for their listeners out there. Do you want to take it or should I? I should. I'm the guest. Okay. Um, yeah, so Leigh and I met because we were both Fulbrighters in Portugal um, during the same grant period. And I don't actually remember exactly how it came together, but like I knew Leilani was going and we connected before and then we talked about if we should live together and kind of getting an apartment. And I remember at the time thinking, this is kind of random. Like, should we just live together because we're on the same program? Does that make sense? But it was absolutely the best decision that I made about my year in Portugal. So thank God um, for that. Uh, yeah, so we met the day we like started living together. It's pretty intense. Oh, <laughs> and so lovely. The first time I remember meeting Hannah is via Skype, so not too dissimilar from this. And all I remember is being very intimidated um, and just like crossing my fingers, hoping it would all work out. And like, here we are uh, almost two years later. And it just seems like I can't even remember not knowing Hannah. I just remember now looking back, like so many meals that we shared in that apartment and late night walk homes from the metro. So it's so funny how things happen. Yeah. Like I remember our first day that we moved in, we didn't really have any food and we ended up sharing like a small portion of frozen bulgur and vegetables. And Leilani, like she prepared, you know, she actually bought food and I was like, can I eat some of your food? I'm so confused. <laughs> and we just sat on the floor and ate that. <laughs> oh, the beautiful beginnings of friendship. So I guess on that note, sort of when I first met Hannah, um, 
I knew she had just graduated from a very unique institution um, and sort of had a very interesting path to getting a Fulbright in Portugal. Um, so Hannah, can you talk a little bit about where you went to college and sort of before that, like how you ended up there? Um, because I think that's a really interesting story, sort of. I think it was the first time you were living outside of the U.S., if I'm not mistaken. So if you can just give us like a little snippet into what high school Hannah looked like and then college Hannah, um, I think that would be really helpful for folks to understand your journey. Yeah, sure. Um, so high school Hannah was pretty nerdy. Um, not that that's necessarily changed, but I guess I now have interests outside of learning, which is good. Um, but yeah, I was really nerdy and I didn't really feel that I fit in too much. Like I always went to small schools and, um, yeah, like, I don't know, I was always kind of restless and I wanted change all the time and it wasn't possible in like small town Massachusetts. Um, and then when college rolled around, I just started like touring a lot of schools. I think I toured like between 20 and 25 schools all along the East coast and nothing felt right. Um, and that was like really disheartening because I had this idea that was like college was where I would fit in and make myself and something had to be perfect. And then um, my school had kind of a matching relationship with this university called NYU Abu Dhabi. So it's New York University and grants NYU degrees, but they have like full blown satellite campuses in Abu Dhabi and Shanghai. And I think my guidance counselor just approached me and said, hey, like, you should check into this. Like, we're thinking of nominating you. And I flat out, like, she approached me in the hallway and I flat out said, no, uh -uh. like, I'm not moving to the Middle East. Have you met me? Like, <laughs> what? Um, which looking back, it was a very close minded and honestly ignorant thing to say. But that was the idea that I had about the Middle East at the time. Um, but then that night I went home and I just spent hours like looking at the program and I was like, wow, this is actually really cool and intriguing and looks like an awesome opportunity to travel and meet like really diverse people. So yeah, in the end, like we just went through with the nomination process and then part of the um, kind of selection and also like you selecting the university process is that you get to go there for a weekend and visit. And honestly, like, I can't fully say that I felt that I fit there either, but it was just so intriguing that I was like, I have to do it no matter what. Even if I hate this, like, this is the coolest thing ever, so I'm, I guess I'm moving to Abu Dhabi if they'll take me. And then they took me, so so I moved when I was 18 to Abu Dhabi, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So how do you feel when you first fly out to Abu Dhabi to experience that weekend? Um, very terrified and very... Uh, I think I felt a lot of like what I now recognize as imposter syndrome or kind of unworthiness or something because I had this idea that, okay, in my really small school, maybe I'm, they think I'm capable of this. But then like even in the airport, I met the other students who would be like flying with me to go there and everyone was so smart and so interesting and most people had already traveled or, you know, had diplomat parents. And I was there like, this is a big joke and they're going to find out. Um, and I, yeah, it was hard. It was a hard weekend for me. Like I was jet lagged. I cried a lot, but I also felt like, you know, if they say that this is that I'm good enough for this, then fine. <laughs> like that I can be good enough for this. Mm. So yeah, it was scary. It was really mm. scary. I think that's really honest. I feel like imposter syndrome, I, I definitely know what you're talking about. And I definitely feel like at some point, so, so backstory, when I first, um, transferred to Wellesley, I also felt that, oh, everyone's so capable. But then after a period, I'm like, I think I'm actually good enough to be here. And then I like, just sort of let that sit. 
Yeah. I think it's funny too because when I met Hannah, I was like, wow, like she is so worldly. She's lived abroad for four years. Like, who am I just showing up to live in Portugal? So I think it's funny that it like switched in some ways. Um, can yeah. you tell us a little bit more just about your experience living in Abu Dhabi for four years? And I know you sort of like went back and forth too. So maybe just how your, I don't know, how your outlook on life shifted maybe from like living abroad or just like what stuck out to you most about that experience? So in many ways, Abu Dhabi is kind of a strange place to live because it's super cosmopolitan. Like um, the population of Emiratis is only 15% of the population in the country. So it's this weird place where like most people are from somewhere else and like there are different social strata and different levels at which people exist, which takes a long time to get used to. But it was the first place where I saw so many different cultures celebrated um, from like cuisine to what's available in stores to cultural festivals and events and languages everywhere. Um, and I think what I realized during this very like kind of strange experience where I couldn't really like pin down where am I actually living and what's actually happening around me, but I felt so at home. So I think home is not necessarily where you are. Um, it's more like if you can like build up enough within yourself and within your network to be like, yeah, I could, like, I can navigate this. Um, so I think, yeah, that definitely changed, like, my idea of where I want to live. And it made me really critical of the U.S. as well, because I couldn't find the same community there. And that's weird, because that's where I'm from. So I think for me, it's more about finding open-minded people who, like, really do not care what you look like, where you're from. Um, I mean, that's easy to say, but, you know, like, I think it is achievable. Um, so I guess... I want to spin off a little bit to talk about uh, your guys' life in Portugal. What was your favorite memories there? What was the worst memories there? Um, what is what, what was the daily life like during your time there? Um, and it seems like the two of you had a lot of really deep conversations, um, which I'm really interested to learn about. What are the things that you guys talk, constantly talk about during your time there as you know, young adults living abroad by yourself? Yeah, I think... A bad memory that really sticks out, but also, like, is with Hannah, and I think that we were processing a lot, and, like, is maybe intersectional because the work that I was doing was on gender and entrepreneurship in Portugal, so I think I was hyper-aware of, like, the ways in which, like, us as Americans, us as American women, us as women in Portuguese society, like, were perceived, or, like, the experiences that we had, and, like, there was this one night that Hannah and I were walking back from somewhere, and this man just like started harassing us like quite loudly and closely because I think like it's one thing for someone to be far away but like he was no like he was about 10 feet away from us and sort of just started screaming things at us and I was sort of like responding in Portuguese because I found that that was like often more effective to sort of deflect people for context Hannah is like blonde and sort of like sticks out perhaps like maybe as not being Portuguese and so I think that like in the neighborhood where we were like most people there were not foreign to Portugal like um so like we definitely like if we were speaking English um it stuck out a little bit more than other folks in the neighborhood um yeah and I remember her and I just kind of like ducking down and like running past the little like chicken shop where we like lived and like being really shaken after that um just to feel so like physically unnerved I mean that happens in all countries like can happen in a lot of contexts but I was really grateful that neither of us were alone in that moment um but yeah that's like nothing of significance I can't like tie a larger meaning from that but I think that's also just like reality of like 
living by yourself sometimes. Yeah, I would have said the same negative experience. I was so curious what you would say because we lived together almost nine months and it's like we experienced a lot. But yeah, that was also what I thought of as a negative experience. And I remember we were both so angry because this was our home and we had previously felt so safe in that neighborhood. And it was just like, how dare you? I have two explicit questions coming from what you guys just talked about that I would love to hear your answers on. So how would you compare the value system in America and in Europe from your perspective? And how would you compare the inter- the ways of interacting with a stranger in like America versus in you know Portugal? Um, which is a question that I've been like thinking a lot about, but I mean, I don't have experience living long-term in Europe, but I feel like it is somehow different. Like, for example, you guys talk about like loving and openness. I don't think, I, I, okay, I think Americans are friendly, but I don't think it's like honest. I don't, I don't describe them as honest or I don't describe them necessarily as like open, open. It's like open more for the sake of, okay, um, people are gonna hate me for saying this, but like I feel like there is some fakeness in this openness. I think I'll just speak for my experience in Portugal specifically. Um, I've lived in Portugal twice now for like shorter bits, but I guess cumulatively about ten months, so like close to a year. Um, and I will say, now that you say it that way, I do think I was surprised by how genuine people were, just like in interviews. Um, right off the bat and yeah, going beyond a, a surface level and really just telling me their personal stories about like, you know, discrimination they had faced or like, you know, some things that were pretty personal um, in their journeys um, and how like, frankly, they saw institutions as supporting them or not. Like, I think that was really helpful for me because I don't have that experience, right? And so I needed people to be open and honest and that's not something I could have expected, but something that I was really grateful for in hindsight. Um, in terms of like value system, I think we've talked a little bit about this um, with Kate and Veronica, though it wasn't on air last time, but I think value systems wise, living in Portugal is very different than living in America. I think as Hannah was saying, like timeline and also like what like goals or outputs that people value a lot. Like I think going in there thinking like, oh, I have eight months, I'm gonna get like so many interviews done, I'm gonna collect so much data, all these things. And then like you send an email and someone might respond three days later, three weeks later, more likely three months later. Like the speed of things is just not as fast there. Um, And that can be both frustrating and also a beautiful thing when you just need to take some time for yourself and realize that like work is not the number one priority for most people. Um, I would say in general, Portugal like moves at a much slower pace than America, at least in relation to business wise, but also just like (laughs) in general moves. Um, And that's just like a beautiful thing, I think. It's just a difference. It doesn't necessarily make it better or worse. It's just different. I really agree. Um, Yeah, there's nothing you said that I disagree with. Um, I think the kind of values differences, and it's very much in line with what you said, but there's a much higher emphasis placed on pleasure. Pleasure is not something that's seen as either negative or shameful. Um, And I think like kind of indulging in the U.S. is kind of like a secretive thing. Like if you're going to binge ice cream, you should do it alone on your couch at home in the dark. Um, Whereas like the kind of pleasure that you see Portuguese people getting out of like their food and drink and their long walks by the river all the time, it's like it's so self-indulgent 
in a very healthy way. Um, so I definitely started thinking about pleasure differently when I was there and like really valuing that very highly in my life. Like I remember before somebody, it was like at some sort of, um, icebreaker that I went to like, you know, corporate style type thing. Somebody said that one of their top five biggest values was pleasure. And I remember looking at them with judgment. Like I think they said pleasure and beauty among their top. And I was like, how can you say that? That's so like, you know, shallow. That's not serving anyone but you, but it is. Pleasure really serves everyone. Um, so yeah, I, t- I think that's a big difference. And also you alluded to this quite a lot, Leilani, like openness, like just being able to say almost everything you've experienced in your life. Of course, like some things are private, but like with such abandon and such openness and this like generosity of spirit really amazed me. Um, yeah. And I still like, I'm still aspiring to open myself in certain ways, like following that example and the way that you interact with people. I think it's really interesting because I've heard a lot of people similar to what you said, Gab, like say Americans can be really friendly, but it's kind of surface level. Like it can be perceived as fake. And I totally get that. Like I could meet somebody at a party, talk for five minutes and like just never talk again. And it, and that, I don't know, there's no genuineness in that exchange. Um, but I forget where I was going with that. Ah, yes. So I think that like what I felt in Portugal was that people would make it pretty clear pretty fast whether they liked you or not, <laughs> like whether they want to continue the conversation. Um, and most of the time they did. They're super nice people. But like there's so much more warmth in the way that you interact with people, even if you're not friends. Like at, at the end of every conversation, you say like beginus, like kisses. And you don't like that's just not a cultural part of the way that we are with each other in the U.S. Like it's not always at the end of the call, like, okay, like, you you don't like show love so often in our language or in our culture. So I thought that was just so beautiful. Like I loved learning and speaking Portuguese just because it gave me the opportunity to be so warm and like so expressive. Yeah, I think Hannah, you brought up a great point that I hadn't been able to name, but like this point of pleasure, I think sort of ties into like in some ways Portugal and like Portuguese people like give you permission to partake in that pleasure in a way that, and pleasure, like, in all senses, like, really personally, a lot that Hannah and I spoke about, like, during this year and that I was struggling with was, like, my dad um, passing away just a few months before, like, I moved to Lisbon and was trying to do this research and just, like, be a human, essentially. And I feel that there were days when I just, like, didn't have the energy to do things or, like, days that, like, you know, interviews didn't work out or days that, like, I just couldn't get some places. Um and people there, I think I was always so nervous. Like, if I showed up late, like, two minutes late to something, I was, like, heart still pounding because, like, that American, like, need to be there was sort of, like, drilled inside of me. And then people would show up, like, 40 minutes late, you know? So, like, bit by bit, it was sort of chipped away in myself. But if I ever had to cancel something or just, like, was not feeling up to something, people also were so, like, oh, that's great. Like, take care of yourself. It's totally fine. Let's reschedule. Whereas I feel that like internally I was like worried about being flaky or like losing that friendship forever you know and I think that um culturally people were just a lot more understanding and that was just helpful to like be given permission and I think something yeah similarly that I've tried to take um even after moving back home to the states
having like lived in Portugal and now living in Budapest and then thinking about moving to Barcelona quite soon, like what are differences that you're noticing just within like Europe and like maybe different values that you've noticed or anything like that? So I think like there's a lot of differences between my idea of Europe when I like take my experience in Portugal and my experience here because like I mean, climate definitely affects culture, for sure. Like, in in Hungary, people just don't go out quite as much. Like, in the summer, there are a lot of people outside on terraces or whatever. But, like, in Portugal, we didn't really have a winter. So, social life didn't really have, like, a lot of kind of um, peaks and valleys based on weather. And that's been a huge thing here. But also, like, it's kind of well known that Eastern Europeans are much more closed. Um, Not necessarily, like, I still think they're more open in terms of, like, willing to share about their lives and this idea that they can accept like that life is a bit more messy and and disorganized for sure they have that here as well but getting to know people is harder and it's harder to feel like you're somebody's friend because they're just not as warm like they're not as likely to like hug you or just invite you places just because and have these huge parties and stuff um compared to portuguese people and hungarians are really really family people um, Portuguese definitely were as well, but they were like also very, very focused on like their friend networks and their work and all of that kind of stuff. But Hungarians are super big family people. And I really saw that as soon as the pandemic came, like everybody left Budapest, it was suddenly empty. And most people went like to the, um, towns or cities where they were from to be with their family for three months. For me, that's unthinkable. That would be suffocating, but you know, that's what everybody wanted. And I thought, wow, that's so beautiful. That says so much about the society and also that they love to like, respect the respect the rules and everything because here it wasn't a very strict lockdown but people just stopped going outside pretty much on their own volition for quite a while and I was like that's that's so admirable it was just the foreigners that you saw like out next to the Danube drinking all the time (laughs) um yeah and I'm like I really like it here but this kind of feeling of psychological home I just wasn't able to find it here and I think it's because the culture is a bit colder like in Portugal, like I, I had a similar like amount of connections and I think I had like I wasn't, you know, in such a tight program. Um, I definitely had like fewer friends, but I never felt as lonely because like I would go to the streets and I would always end up talking to somebody or people were warm or I could sit alone at a restaurant and feel these like nice vibes. But here it's not so much a part of the culture. So I'm really excited to go to Spain um, because I know it's like a similar culture to uh, that of Portugal and speaking the language is really important to me like I feel like that really allows you to connect more deeply with people and Hungarian language is so like on another planet for me I just can't Um, so yeah I'm excited and my partner's Spanish as well so it's like the idea that we can finally build like a home together in the right place everyone thank you so much for listening to this episode sorry we're being a little bit flaky lately but leah and i have been kind of busy so we wouldn't um, we didn't have enough time to produce as much or as frequently as we wanted but hopefully you enjoyed our conversation with hannah and a little tour virtually around europe and abu dhabi thanks again for being our loyal supporters and we are really excited to present more shows to you in the future Alright, that's a wrap. Have a great one, my friends, and talk to you later. Bye-bye.